This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's July 16th, 1439, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. So it was on this day that Henry VI banned kissing in England. Now, Henry VI was only 17, so he probably hadn't actually done much kissing. But this wasn't about jealousy. (laughs) Never been kissed. Originally about Henry VI. Little known fact. Uh, It was actually (laughs) to stop the spread of the plague, which at this point had been ravaging England for some time. And it wasn't actually being directed against husbands and wives. It was kind of meant to be directed at people who were doing ritual kissing. And there was quite a lot of ritual kissing going on at the time. England in the Middle Ages still being Catholic. Men were kissing men. <laughs> women were kissing men and women. Servants were kissing I mean, the wings The Catholics and are big fans of men kissing men these days. <laughs> oh, you know, on Times the Times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, there was quite a lot of kissing on the mouth. I don't know if it was men and men kissing on the mouth, but actually greeting one another in the Middle Ages in England. People used to kiss on the mouth so much so that that foreign visitors to England, including one guy who diarised this, the Dutch humanist Erasmus of Rotterdam, made delightful notes often about how English people would kiss them on the lips and they were like, ooh, scandalous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it wasn't a romantic gesture. I mean, obviously it was a romantic gesture as well. And that's why, you know, it has survived in certain circumstances, this ritual kissing. So the obvious example would be when you sign a contract effectively in your marriage vows, right? That had the double meaning of being something titillating and flirtatious, but also sealing a contract. But kissing was used then to seal contracts. Mm. (laughs) So contracts that weren't at all romantic, that were to do with how many pigs and sheep you were trading, would also be sealed with a kiss. Um, And that's what Henry VI wanted to crack down on because of the spread of the plague, which, as you say, Rebecca, had been running for some time. Let me clarify (laughs) what that means. Nearly a hundred years by this point. I mean, a hundred years of plague. It's so... This was way after the Black Death as well. You know, in your head you kind of think, Black Death, everything was terrible, it shook up the feudal system. Turn the page in the history book, Great Fire of London. You don't think. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Another six decades to what you imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Six decades of lockdown, imagine. Yeah, so the plague first entered England in 1348 in Weymouth, actually, my hometown. Oh. We have a little plaque up on the harbour saying, like, a third of the population of Europe was killed after the disease entered England here. They're going to have to amend that, aren't they, to add your birth? Two significant <laughs> events in Weymouth. <laughs> Just under the plague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a variety of measures were taken in different places. Some of them, you know, sounding a bit silly to us now. The whole, you know, ring a ring of roses kind of thing. You know, posies, ineffective against the bubonic plague. Mm. But famously, the village of Eam in Derbyshire in 1665, there was an outbreak and they completely shut the village off. They had outsiders bring them supplies, which they would leave in a rock, and they would leave vinegar-soaked coins on the rock because vinegar was thought to kill the plague, which I'm not sure whether it does or it doesn't, but, it, it you know, you use it to clean your house, mm. so it's not a million miles away. I mean, yeah, considering the other plague preventatives that were circulating contemporaneously at this point, Henry VI chose a wise one. I mean, other <laughs> things people did were rub chickens on their boils, dead or alive, 
uh, spreading human excrement around their armpits. Ooh, no thanks. Which, I don't know, he, I guess that does keep people socially distant from you, so maybe it works from that point of view. I guess so. You just imagine the, the stuff that you're bringing into your body germ-wise as well as, you know, yeah. potentially expunging. Uh, or flagellating yourself to purify your soul. Um, I mean, that's so going to solve most problems. Yeah, yeah, always good in a pinch, I think. <laughs> when in doubt, flagellate. <laughs> but the amazing thing really is that this idea of stopping people from kissing one another was weirdly foresightful. You know, it was like, it was really massively ahead of their time that, you know, the, the concept of hygiene and germs really mm. didn't exist in the Middle Ages. It wasn't until like 400 years later that we kind of made those connections. So yeah, to, but, to, yeah, but you've got an instinct, haven't you? I mean, you know, if someone doesn't <laughs> wash now, for example, you know, if you meet someone who unfortunately has been sleeping on the streets or has some mental health condition and they have not been near water for weeks and they come towards you, you can smell that. I reckon right. back then, even though no one was bathing like we do now, you'd have an idea that people that didn't bathe frequently probably were more likely to spread disease. That seems basic, doesn't it? Like yeah. You just sort of guess that. Right. And I suppose the, the reality of plague was that it physically manifests fairly horrifically in ways that probably made you not want to kiss people mm. <laughs> uh, terribly much in any case. So, so yeah, you could imagine why that would have been a thing that people might have said as a just, you know, maybe just don't kiss old Robert from down the road. And Henry VI did actually have a bit of a personal stake in this whole decree as well. I, I couldn't find any record of what he actually said, what the decree actually was. But a few months later, when the House of Commons reconvened, they hadn't been in session for a year and a half because of the plague, they put forth a petition asking Henry VI for permission to forego the usual ritual kissing of the king's ring mm. so as not to infect him. And I think if you read between the lines, they probably are also thinking so as not to infect us mm. either. <laughs> yeah, which I guess, you know, at the time, that was a risky letter to write to the king wasn't it because he might have interpreted it to mean well why would I have the plague you know mm. I understand you're trying to protect me but if you kiss my ring why am I going I'm not going to give you the plague I wouldn't have the plague but actually it would be the idea that everyone's kissing the same ring so it could communicate that way which is quite an advanced way to think about it isn't it they obviously knew that there was some danger of communality there and the subtext may have conveyed some sort of we no longer show deference towards you so yeah definitely a dangerous email to be uh, email <laughs> letter to be sending <laughs> it would have been a dangerous email to send yeah <laughs> all users are cancelled <laughs> you for 600 years <laughs> uh, i've actually got the full text of it here and it's worth actually revisiting because you can hear in it that they're a bit scared i think mm. that they're scared both of the plague but also of all these repercussions of asking the king is this okay that we don't kiss your ring i mean it's a real Real infringement of their status, isn't it? Right. Wherefore we, your poor, true liege people, considering and desiring the health and welfare of your most noble person above all earthly things. That's how it starts. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you just have to flatter at every turn. It's yeah. disgusting. Beseech <laughs> your most noble grace in conserving of your most noble person, in uh, avoiding any such infection to fall on you, God forbid... <laughs> graciously to conceive that whereas any of your said commons who hold of you by night service in doing homage to you ought to kiss you to ordain and grant by authority of this present parliament that each of your lieges in the doing of their said homage may omit the said kissing of you and be excused thereof at your will the homage being of the same force as though they kissed you and have their letters of doing their homage notwithstanding the omitted kissing of you 
I mean, there's some serious ass kissing wow. in the way they've asked not to be kissed, isn't there? I tell you what, if I was Henry VI, I'd sort of be reading th- through that a few times going, wait, what are they asking exactly? <laughs> I know they think I'm quite great and that's good, um, but I just don't know what the request is. <laughs> well, he granted it. So someone told him that it was a good idea. I, although I guess it's a bit weird that he had already, as you were saying, Rebecca said, don't kiss each other. He'd already decreed it. That's the date we're commemorating today. Why did Parliament then ask again whether they didn't need to kiss him? Yeah, I think it probably has its roots in, again, as you guys were saying, of wanting to avoid giving the impression of offence or indeed of an over-eagerness not to kiss the mm. king's ring. You know, I think maybe they felt that they had to ask officially and also not kissing you, right? Mm. And I imagine Henry VI was like, yeah, I don't want you commons, even though they were all, you know, relatively noble at that time. He probably didn't want them all crowding around kissing him either. You not know? if he was 18 as well, that's the other thing. Like, which 18-year-old wants a load of, like, 40 and 50-year-old men kissing their hands all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, it's actually been suggested that this ban contributed to the death of kissing as a greeting in English culture. I mean, it's well known that we are less kiss-friendly than, say, the French or the Italians. <laughs> Just to pick some examples. Examples at random. <laughs> Just to pick two, two, two Pepe Le Pew style examples. Yeah, I don't know if there's any truth to that, or I don't know if we're just cold-blooded like our like our Nordic cousins. Well, Tiberius did try and ban kissing in the first century, but it didn't work then. That was to try and stop the spread of herpes, I believe. Um, so maybe in Latin yeah. cultures, you know, they're, they're less willing to be told not to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and even after we did discover things like germs and bacteria, there were still some quite odd attempts to stop epidemics that we wouldn't recognise today. Found one from 1901. William H. Park, a doctor at the New York Board of Health, banned bearded men from working with milk supplies, saying <laughs> there is... Re- <laughs> you, what were they doing? Uh, I don't need to know why. Really rubbing their faces tells it. me why. <laughs> Absolutely right. He believed whiskers would entrap bacteria yeah. and said, quote, there is real menace to the milk if the dairyman is bearded. Menace to the milk. <laughs> Which sounds like a spy code message. Yeah, yeah, it does. It sounds like the thing yeah, you say to each other when you sit on a park bench with someone <laughs> randomly who's flown over from Berlin for the pleasure, doesn't it? <laughs> is there menace to the milk? <laughs> Only when a bearded man says so <laughs> next time it's really heavily predicated on the idea that women can't and haven't run marathons uh, uh, yes <laughs> love the show support the show patreon.com slash retrospectors part of the ACAST creator network without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.